Hey, what's up, Missoula? It's Coulter Nuanez of your favorite daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Not only does the M Store in downtown Missoula have the best and most unique Grizz gear you're going to find anywhere. That's right, they're all Grizz all the time down there at the M Store, which if you haven't been into their relatively new location there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway, go check it out. You're going to find Grizz stuff that you can't find anywhere else in Missoula or anywhere else in Montana. But they also have a new Apple store inside the M store. Now, I've been using a MacBook Pro for the better part of a decade, and it is awesome. But it's also a little bit precarious to find somebody to fix it. I also have a habit of leaving my MacBook chargers in various airports across the United States. Don't worry, I've accumulated like four or five of them now because I have to rebuy them. And then they, you know, eventually find them and send them back to me. But that's here nor there. Any and all Apple products you might need, any and all Apple service you might have to have taken care of, they can help you down there at the M Store. Go check out the M Store for all of your Apple needs and all your Grizz needs. The M Store, located in the heart of downtown Missoula, where they're all Grizz all the time. It's the one is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Coulter Nuanez coming to you from the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Missoula Broadcasting, locally owned and operated for more than 15 years, and happy to say so. If you missed anything in the first hour of the show, I gave you some updates from the spring sports championships that are underway in the Big Sky Conference. Uh, the softball championship tournament playing out in Ogden, Utah right now. Uh, the Grizzlies. Uh, in the midst of a tough season, but they lost uh, 9-1 to to Northern Colorado. Uh, but they have another game, and it's a double elimination tournament, so we'll let you know what's going on with that. I think they play the loser of Sac State-Portland State, I believe. Uh, so we'll let you know who the opponent will be uh, for the Grizz softball team upcoming. Also, the uh, outdoor championships for track and field are underway. Uh, about half the field in the uh, heptathlon uh, our Montana Grizzlies and Morgan Radke had a, herself a good day today, uh, including a career best in the high jump, five foot eight. So she's in fourth place of the heptathlon. We were also joined by one of two Little Sullivan Award winners as the top amateur athlete in the state of Montana, Cola Badbear, uh, former Montana State women's basketball player. Uh, she did tease a little bit there that she's maybe getting close to a decision. She said she might be staying close to home. So uh, she lands somewhere in Billings. I think that'll be a pretty big coup. I can only think of two colleges in Billings. I think she'd be pretty good at both of them. So we'll see uh, where the Billings senior product lands. And then we also uh, kept talking about the uh, conversation we've been having for the last couple of weeks all about uh, the future of college athletics pertaining to the Montana schools. If you've missed anything in the first hour of today's show, you can find it on the Nuanas Now podcast which is probably presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store, uh, and the MSU Bookstore. It's time now for our ESPN Roundtable, probably presented by Paradise Falls. And uh, we've been talking so much about conference realignment, what the future of college athletics is, so I decided, well, why don't we get a guy in here that does this for a living? Montana Athletic Director Kent Haslam joining us uh, in studio. ESPN Roundtable, probably presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. How you doing? Thanks for being here, man. You're uh, you're very welcome. I enjoy this very much. I th- I think we should have Leon Costello in here. Okay, with totally. Yeah, I mean, both I, of us together. I know. If, if only we could just like teleport him here or yeah. put him up on the Zoom. Because <laughs> I, I think this is interesting though, because uh, this conversation we're about to have is not necessarily speculating and projecting of what the future is, but rather just talking about the state of affairs here and now. Because right now, I think both. If you're listening to the show, you're almost certainly either from Montana, in Montana, or you have ties to Montana, and you totally understand just how big of a deal sports are in Montana, especially college sports. I also think, though, there's a lot of misperceptions out there because you watch football games, for example, during the fall, 
And, uh, you know, there's about 26,500 people at every single Grizz game. There's about 19,000 people at every single Bobcat game. Then there's, uh, you know, as many as you can count on a couple hands at some of the other schools in the league. And that's, uh, you know, I'm joking a little bit. But but those two things, there, there's a lot that goes into it. The, the money making the revenue generation, where all the money goes, it's such a huge thing uh, in college athletics. Before we get there, though, what, what was going on today? Like, what, give us the average day this time of year for you. I know you guys are getting ready for uh, your, bring, your big spring tour. So what were you up to today? Well, certainly in the planning process, let me think through my day, three or four different meetings. <laughs> yeah, it's probably been going for yeah, a while. Yeah, had, had a good uh, kind of recap with the whole men's basketball staff, our athletic training room, our compliance. We're right in the thick of that transfer portal. So what can we do to be more efficient as we bring student-athletes on campus? And it's happening really quickly. So uh, there are times we need to get together as a group and say, hey, where, where we got some rough spots. So we spent a lot of time doing that. And uh, this morning, uh, met with uh, the new ASUM leadership and the out going ASUM leadership as a member of cabinet and talk to faculty senate so and then you know get a wrap up the day sitting here talking to you so um, spring we have wrapped up all of our at home spring events uh, and so that, that's you know you feel kind of good about that and then we'll head out on the spring tour uh, we are in Big Fork on uh, Friday yeah, Friday. So, so the spring tour starts, and uh, we'll let you know where these guys are going to be because I know we have a lot of people watching on statewide television as well as uh, listening on the podcast. So uh, if you can go out, it's a good thing, good way to get updated on uh, what's going on with Grizz Athletics, uh, both in the here and now, and also maybe contribute some money to these guys as well. And uh, I don't know, maybe we'll meet you in Helena and Butte again. That, love, was, that would that be was, awesome. That was fun last time where we did the shows from uh, from right after the golf tournament. So I'll, uh, I'll have to call Greg Sunberg and see uh, if that's a possibility. Before we get into some of this budget stuff, uh, that's the other part I wanted to have you on for. The the world of college athletics right now is, is crazy. From our seat... Uh, the, the content never ends because there's people coming and going in the transfer portal and the coaching carousel and all this stuff. But yeah. I'm sure from an administrative perspective, uh, exhausting to be sure to try to, to stay on top of all of it. So um, what's your perspective just sort of on the, the state of college sports uh, as it is right now? Well, I, I don't want to sound like... Uh the old guy that's yelling at you to get off my lawn, uh, stuck back in the 19, good old days of the 80s or 90s. Um, college athletics has certainly changed. Um, I saw, I was re-watching the I Hate Christian Leitner um, 30 for 30. And <laughs> I've a, seen it so many times, and it's awesome. It's but what, what a good movie that is. But what it brought back to me is those days are over where you see right. a four-year Christian Leitner, right. uh, Grant Hill, Bobby Hurley. Right. Those days are gone, and we've got to get used to that as consumers of college athletics and providers of opportunities for student-athletes. And so uh, it has changed. It has uh, changed for the better, depending on your perspective, or for the worse, depending on your perspective. I think we'll swing back to a little more equilibrium as we work through this extra year of COVID eligibility. I think that's part of the real transfer portal. For sure. Yeah. I, you've got, you've got like, let's talk about Anand Moody. Like, right. He'd be done. He, he would, he not would have been done. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. He, he would right. have been done. And so, right. and we're thrilled that he's playing at the University of Montana and he's got great opportunities and we, and we love him being a part of our team, but he would not have been in the mix to try transfer right. because he'd have been out of eligibility. So I think some of that will calm down, but um, it's changed. It's no doubt. And, and our coaches are really feeling it. 
But honestly, and I know we don't want to spend all of our time on this, the transfer portal and all this chaos impacts everybody from the beginning to end. It impacts the business office. It impacts your athletic training room. It impacts your equipment room. It impacts academic advisors. You're suddenly evaluating transcripts and whether they can transfer, whether they can find a degree. Athletic trainers are being asked to make sure that sickle cell tests and physicals are in place when these student athletes get here on three days' notice to make sure they can work out. Right. All these things. So it's brought chaos certainly to our coaches but it's brought chaos to the entire department. Well, I think that's one thing maybe people don't consider. There's so many internal people that that, that take care of the student athletes from a well-being standpoint. And, uh, you know, you do. You need to have a good relationship with your trainers and your doctors and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So it is sort of a, a new challenge for everybody. It is. It is. And it, and it is. It's exhausting. But uh, I, I think in typical, and I, I work in higher education, we, we don't move real fast in higher ed. That's yeah. not that's not a newsflash. Uh I, I would be the first to admit that during my time, which was uh, decades ago, the pendulum was swung way over on the side of athletic administration as right. far as power goes. Yeah. I mean, there were some pretty crazy rules, Coulter. I mean, like literally like crazy rules. Right. Like my coach can leave whenever I want, but I'm going to sit out and I've got to do this, 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 and this if I ever want to transfer. Right. Now we've swung all the way over where it's kind of just a free for all, do anything you want. It'll settle back down, I think, as we as we kind of get some get our arms around some things. There is so much to that. Like you mentioned, I think that's a great point about the extra eligibility too, right? I mean, there's so many people, I mean, a lot of the people we've been talking about on this show that they wouldn't be transferring anywhere because they would just be finished, right? I mean, I know there's a lot of people that are up in arms about Darian White leaving at Montana State. Well, she just she played four years. Every other time in the history of college sports, she just would have been done. And now she's going to go pursue a, a, a graduate degree. And, you know, hard to hate on the kid for taking advantage of, of the opportunity. So uh, there is a lot to this. Uh, Kent Haslam joining us in studio. He's the athletic director at the University of Montana. Um just a broad question to sort of start then more an in-depth conversation about a lot of these numbers that exist and sort of the way that, that finances work internally at an athletic department. What do you think at the University of Montana right now is the biggest advantages and the biggest disadvantages that you face uh, on a day-to-day basis? Uh, start with advantages, certainly location, certainly tradition and history, certainly passionate fan base, facilities, absolutely, fans, the university as a whole, what we have to offer. Student athletes come here, they know that they're going to have an opportunity to succeed in a community that cares about them. For sure. So those are our, our real advantages. We're, um, we're a great, we're a flagship university, we're a university of a state. There's yep. only going to be 50 of those. Right, right. Uh, and so that's a real advantage for us. We, we have a branded state that's an extremely attractive state right now. Disadvantages for us right now, I would say certainly as the university enrollment goes, shrinks and expands, that that impacts us and that will get into our numbers. Yeah. But uh, that right now, I think is one of our, our disadvantages is simply that and our university's Seth Bodner, I, I, I'm not just saying this because he's my boss. He is an outstanding and amazing leader. And you really feel this trend of upwardness here for, if that's even a word, for the university. But it's certainly a disadvantage as your university in a in a pretty rural state that only for produces sure. so many high school graduates that is that doesn't have engineering and some of those some of those. Uh, really, really attractive majors that will bring in your out-of-state students. That's that's one of our disadvantages. Another disadvantage um, that I would say, and I, I, you know what, I'm even hesitant to say this, but I'm going to say it to you anyway. I think our history and tradition at times can be a disadvantage. We talk about that a lot yeah. on this show because... 
you, you love to have yep. history and tradition, oh, right? Absolutely. But then sometimes the shadow is cast so so omnipresent that it, it muddles the evaluation of everything, right? Yes. Like in every organization, any sports organization you could possibly analyze, when the legend of all legends walks away and retires, the next person is going to have an impossible time filling those shoes. And whether it's yeah. the next coach of the Dallas Cowboys after Tom Landry or the next coach of the Miami Dolphins after Don Shula or the person that follows behind Robin Selvig, right? Absolutely. Like the, 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 the shadow cast by a guy who won 865 games is immense. So then we always talk about that. Sometimes you analyze the Lady Grizz based on the standard that has existed for 40 years, and then sometimes you have to step away from that and analyze them, the situation here and now, because they're two completely different things. And so how do you sort of balance that? Because there is, you, you love having it. Oh, you yeah. love having Robin Selva Court and all these oh, things. Yeah. But uh, sometimes it is maybe a little unfair to the people operating in the here and now. I would I would wholeheartedly agree with you. I I've, I feel that history and tradition are absolute keys to your success and grounding you in what's important and a very attractive thing for re- recruited student athletes. It also can become a real anchor if you're if you're so unwilling to try or do different things. Sure, that 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 can become a disadvantage, and you gotta you want to make sure that that's not the case. But um, those you know those there are certainly advantages disadvantages in a lot of of, of areas. But um, I, I truly believe we have more advantages here at the at the University of Montana. Ken Haslam, University of Montana athletic director, joining us in studio here uh, on Nuanas now. Um, one thing that's affected all of us who live in Missoula and in Montana in general has just been the influx of population as well as the rise in the cost of living. I know everybody's talking about it around Missoula. How does that affect you guys? Does it affect uh, athletics, especially student athletes, in terms of scholarships and stuff like that? Yeah, and it really is affecting our ability to attract employees. Um, I, I bet, right? Because Yeah, totally. Because the university's jobs, most of them are state-funded, right? Yeah. And those jobs aren't getting the same boost as what the boost it is to live in Missoula, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we used to be able to bring in, you know, you're almost embarrassed to say what you would pay you know, first-time assistant coach. And we're going to hire a lot of first-time right. coaches. It's just what right. we are. And, um, you know, $30,000, $35,000 and a great opportunity, you'd be able to manage that. And 20 years ago, you'd be able to live in Missoula, and now it's really hard that's, to do. That's sure. really, really difficult. So, yeah. And it also impacts our, our student-athletes from uh, finding a place to live, sure. being able to afford the rent, and, and in all these other ways where we're trying to attract them and get them additional funding. But there's no doubt that... Uh, um, yeah, Montana has, I, I've lived here for 17 years. I've not been here as long as a lot of people, but starting to feel like, hey, I've been here long enough where I can have an opinion on the state. Totally. And, and it's, it's, it's dramatically changed. Uh, you know, I joke and, and I say I, I blame COVID and I blame that show Yellowstone because everyone talks about Yellowstone. That's what they think we do here. But <laughs> it's great. It's, and it's great. But it has, it has changed the dynamic of, of what we can do and, and how we can manage people. When it comes to uh, starting to to build your budget each year, uh, when it comes to Grizz Athletics, what are some of the things that you you first have to account for? Obviously, your primary generation of revenue comes from from ticket sales, right? You also have a a chunk of money that's going to come from the state and or the, the institution. Just take people through sort of the details when you are building the budget each year for for Grizz Athletics. Well, it's a it's a it's quite a process. Ryan Martin, our athletic CFO, does an outstanding job, and and we have to. Uh, it's no no secret we are we rely less on state 
institutional support, and I put student fees and then just direct institutional support as a percentage of our budget. We rely on less of that than anybody in the FCS. I think North Dakota State's kind of right there where we are, too. Right. And so we certainly count on what comes from the university. The bulk of the bulk of what comes from the university is in the form of uh, scholarship waivers. So it's not cash. It's like coupons that we can use to right. for, for tuition waivers for student athletes. And then we also get cash to help cover some of our um, salaried employees. And so that's primarily what we come from. But then we've got to build a budget based on, uh, and Coulter, you know this, is, is selling football tickets. I mean, right. that's our primary driver. Yep. And so we are constantly in that sweet spot of how much do we charge? Are we charging enough? Are we going to start to disincentivize somebody to drive all the way from Sydney, Montana, because they can sit and watch it on TV? So our TV just doesn't generate the the revenue uh, that allows us to say, hey, it's okay if you stay home and watch us on TV. We need you getting in your car, driving here, stopping in Butte, filling up with gas, spending the night, sitting in the games, then spending the night, and then driving home. So when we start that budget process, we have to be realistic in what we do uh, from a football ticket sales standpoint. And then men's and women's basketball. Our women's basketball generates more money than, than probably most of the Big Sky schools added all together. So when it comes to maintaining that that revenue stream in football what, what's that process like because i mean the grizz have sold out pretty much every game that i've gone to since i was a kid yeah uh but you got to keep selling it out right because yeah. to make the budget right you got to have that revenue be the same or at least close to it every year and, and candidly i would tell you we haven't ever sold out a football game we'll always sell you a ticket. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> we will figure out a way to get you into there totally uh, but yeah we um that's how we balance our scheduling uh, we've got to have six home football games. Uh, we know that homecoming is going to uh, is going to be a, a charge of a ticket that can that can get a little higher. Uh, one one disadvantage that we've hit recently with the changes in the Big Sky Conference is we can't predict our home schedule like we used to. It used to be right. we knew right. we'd have Montana State at home one year and then we'd have Eastern Washington home the next year. Right. And it would bounce back and forth. So you mm-hmm. knew you could kind of balance those things out and build your build your budget around there. But we've got to have six home games and uh, it's it's far more it is far more lucrative for us to play a home game and pay a team to come in than for us to go on the road and, and play the University of Washington, even though we beat them last time. We love that. But really, when you weigh out all the expenses and the revenue that you generate, it's better for us to play a home game. So we, we've got to build on that season ticket base, and, and we've got to keep them engaged and involved in what we're doing. Ken Haslam, University of Montana Athletic Director, joining us in studio here on Nuanas Now. How has the... Um, the process of acquiring home games changed uh, during oh, your time. Yeah. Boy. Uh, so we're paying two schools to come in this year. We just, we, we Butler and Ferris Butler State. Butler and right? Ferris State. Yep. And so we want first six home games, next all Division One home games, yep. and, and then building a schedule that you can afford. We want home and homes are great because you don't pay. We, we went to Indiana State, they'll come back, no right. money exchanged. Right. That's your ideal. Sometimes you start to paint yourself in a corner where you, you're just going to have to buy games in. And uh, first of all, Ferris State's going to be really good. I mean, they're multiple-time uh, Division II national champions. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I'm not going to disparage anybody here, but Ferris State could 
could do pretty well in the in the FCS for sure. They're good. Yeah, They're for good. Sure. But uh, so we're in a we're in a predicament this year where we had to pay two schools to come in. So we'll we'll pay Butler a couple hundred, if not two hundred fifty thousand dollars to come here, and Ferris State's probably pushing close to. I shouldn't even make a guess, but it, it's not up in the two hundred range. But those are things where we say, okay, we've got to do that to get our home games. Now we're able to do that a little better because we we know that Montana State game will be a one point two one point three million dollar game for us, but. getting teams to come here is difficult and the cost to get them here has only gone up. When you look at uh, the numbers, we we talked, we mentioned briefly about student fees. You guys get about a million dollars a year in student fees, about $9 million in institutional state support. So that covers a little less than half of, of what you need your budget to be. And then you're trying to make up the rest of this via ticket sales, via fundraising. We look at some of the other football playing members in the big sky conference. I mean, UC Davis is getting upwards of 25 million in student fees and uh, state money. Sac state's getting 20 million alone just from the state and another 9 million in student fees. Northern Arizona's getting 18 million from the state. So, um, it's apples to oranges, right? And yeah. it's it's such an interesting business analysis. I mean, we talked about this with Justin Engel from time to time, our, our go-to business guy. On one hand, when you look at this just as a business, having a business that's sustainable, that needs less subsidies, that is a good thing. That's what you want to have. But it also then, when it comes to college athletics, seems like it's an unfair advantage for the other side of the coin because you guys are generating way more money yet receiving way less money and... There's people that have comparable budgets to you with not nearly the support and fan base uh, that Montana has. You're right, and I don't want to come on the show and, and sound like I'm whining or complaining because that's that's not the case. It's just the fact of the matter is, is that universities build their athletic enterprises and fund them in completely different ways. For sure. We get to the end game, and we get to where we need to be in a variety of different ways. Both have cliffs. Right. So the, well, and, and you know, it's worth noting too. I mean, even those two California schools we just compared, those are two different university systems, right? Yes. So that's why even the money is different when it comes to where it's coming from yep. in the UC system and the Cal State system. So there is a lot that goes behind this, right? Absolutely. And so it's both. Both can be cliffs because if you, we've got a cliff of no doubt football c- ticket sales. Like right. you, you go uh, three and eight, three and eight, you know, two and nine. God forbid. <laughs> We're, we're, we, that cliff is really far to drop off. Now, if you're at a place, and I'll, I'll use them because you've already brought them up, if you're at Sacramento State and you have a presidential change or you have a new faculty Senate member that really throws a fit and says, what are we spending all this money on? Mm-hmm, Why mm-hmm. are we doing this? What's the return? Right. That microscope comes really fast on you. So I guess if I had to, if I prefer, I'd prefer to do it as much as we can generate because people then say, oh, wow, you're doing a good job. But it does build a cliff, and it builds a cliff where you got to sometimes make some decisions. Well, Eastern Washington has gone through this in the last couple of years because there was this uh, sort of feasibility study that was done, and Eastern Washington's receiving a, a lot of state money. Again, a lot of that comes from the structure. I do think there's uh, inherent advantages in the state of Washington, specifically for the state schools, uh, and the way that they are able to give uh, Pell Grants, and the, the Eastern Washington can recruit in a different way than everybody else in the Big Sky Conference, but then their faculty was sort of saying, hey, there's all this state money coming in. We are at a, a budget deficit on campus. Why are we giving all this money to football? And then you sort of have to go justify it, and uh, all is well now at Eastern Washington, at least for this moment in time, but certainly uh, a headache uh, to deal with. Um, One other thing, just sure, really yeah, quick. Yeah. Another thing is also... Um, 
where that school sits in the kind of the state hierarchy of higher education sure. institutions. So yeah. again, th- I'm not picking on anybody. I worked at Northern Arizona University, an absolutely wonderful place. Flagstaff is a com- yeah. tremendous community. Love Flagstaff. But, but, but what what two schools do you think that the Board of Regents are focused on? Arizona and Arizona State. Exactly. That's and right. So you kind of get to just move along and, um, and it doesn't mean you're not scrutinized, but it's a little different. Eastern Washington's got these two, or Washington's got these two behemoths that are just, you know, got tons of money and paying huge buyouts. So it allows you to kind of settle in behind that, which can, at times can be an, an advantage. For us, it's everybody knows what, what, what we're doing. I mean, state legislatures know what we're doing. Yeah. The governor knows what we're doing, which is a good thing. It's a great thing. But um, you, you find yourself plowing the road a little bit more than just falling behind the plow. Because the world of college athletics is ever-changing, and I think that we're going to continue to see rapid changes, especially with all the dominoes falling at the top level of college athletics, uh, I think that there's a real reality where the Big Sky Conference at the very least looks different or uh, Montana, Montana State are in a completely different setting uh, in the future, whether that's the near future or the distant future. I do think that what we're nothing stays as it is forever this day and age, especially with how much everything is changing. But one of the things I've heard from folks around Montana is that, oh, if the Grizz moved up, if the Cats moved up, they wouldn't be any good. They would, they would get whipped all the time, and then all of a sudden the fan base would fall off a cliff and you'd ruin your ticket generation. Yeah. What's your perspective on that? Oh, I, I think we'd have to be realistic that uh, depending on who we're playing and depending on what that conference looks like, let's just say we go into the Mountain West because one thing that people need to understand is the most valuable thing a conference brings to you, a couple of things. Number one is scheduling. Yes. It give, brings right. you scheduling. And then it brings you NCAA access to championships. Right. So, And the most valuable championship is that men's basketball championship. Now, that For may sure. change as meteorites change with women's basketball, uh, FCS football, different distributions, but the you want access to NCAA championships. If you're if you're just floating out there, unless you're Notre Dame and you're floating out there all by yourself, right. you want access to championships. And so, depending on the conference that we were in, if if we were to move into the Mountain West and we're competing against Colorado State and, and Wyoming and Air Force and Utah State and Nevada and Boise State, there'd be some bumps for a while. There's no doubt about it, especially in the in the in the men's basketball and in the football. I mean, what do you think we'd have done against San Diego State this year in men's basketball? Right. Like, it, you know, they're a pretty good team. Yeah. Um, but I think eventually we would catch up. Now, some of those sports we'd be fine in. Our women's sure. basketball team, I think, would do really well in the Mountain West For Conference. Sure. And, and I think some of our other sports, we'd have to fund them a little bit better. But... Um, I don't know what I don't know if it's chicken or egg. I don't know if you if if we're playing teams like Wyoming and Utah State and Colorado State at home and and there's far more media coverage and far more media rights. Does that counterbalance uh, potential drops in in uh, in your performance? But I think we'd eventually get to where we needed to be. Well, and, and that's I think so too. I think that. Uh as you mentioned, one of the big advantages of the University of Montana is where it is in Missoula. And I think if you are then in a league with a lot of these other sort of inner Rocky Mountain schools, then you can compete directly with them in recruiting. And Missoula is a, uh, you know, has an advantageous sell yeah. compared to a lot of different places because it's one of the great college towns that there is. Yeah, and if I if I could again be old guy get off my lawn, the one thing I do lament about college athletics that's changing is this rip up of conferences because I do yeah, love sure. geographical ties for on sure. conferences. I think that that's really really important. And it's going to be so wonky, like when if and when UCLA and USC like actually join the Big Ten, and now all yeah. of a sudden they're playing Maryland in a conference game or Rutgers, and and, and you got to remember they're playing them in baseball. <laughs> Too. So you're, you're sending your volleyball team 
to right. to Rutgers to play. And <laughs> right. football, that's e- it's not easy, but... It's not the same deal, no, right? It, it, yeah. It, it, it doesn't now, and I'm not going to disparage anyone for making decisions, but you know, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to think about for a conference game, I'm going to take my volleyball team and send them to Maryland and Rutgers as opposed to send them to Phoenix and Tucson. Well, the, well, the other thing I was thinking, too, is just uh, some of the some of the exterior benefits you could get, too, right? Like, imagine if you're in a different conference with the elevated media coverage. Some of the stories that would come out, like people's first times coming to Washington Grizzly Stadium or their reactions to their first times coming to Washington, you know, that sort of stuff would be like the secondary publicity, but that'd be a huge advantage for Monte Athletics, too, I think. Oh, I think so, too. And and one thing, too, is if 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 we were to have, if we were to move, and I, and I don't know what the future holds, and maybe we'll get to that topic uh, in a minute. Um, I don't, I don't want to cut into your breaks and do all that stuff and start pontificating too much here. <laughs> but um, one, one of the things that it will will do is it would increase our media rights. If we were going to be competitive at the FBS, what's now constituted as FBS, who knows what it's going to look like sure, totally. in two or three years. But um, with 85 football scholarships, the additional of one, one sport, our, our budget would probably have to move from a consistent 23, 24 million up to probably 40. 40, million. yeah. 40 would be a good target. And then how you build that, yeah. uh, you know, you're going to, you're going to gain that off of some guarantee games in football. There's no doubt we're going to go, we'd go play a guarantee game against Let's just say it. We go play Alabama and get paid one point two million dollars, and and then we'd have to increase ticket price. But then you'd also want that media television revenue, yeah. and you'd also want increased NCAA distributions from a, a, a basketball appearances. So you can build your budget a, a lot of different ways. The phenomenon of college athletics in America is one that's different than most other places in the world. Uh, yeah, for, any place, in the world. <laughs> any place in the world any for sure. World. And there's been sort of this. Uh, romantic notion that, that I still believe is true to a certain extent at least that the, the athletic department is the front porch of your university it's a great marketing arm for your university you sort of saw this go hand in hand uh, in the in the 2000s when Montana was rolling and, the, and enrollment was rolling as well um, so how do you hope that remains true and how do you sort of balance it because it seems like we're getting pushed toward it being so much more about the business and the money than sort of the things that I think probably you included want it to be about. How do you sort of balance those two things moving forward? Well, um, most of the decisions that are made based on money are really based on about 10 institutions. Right. And and we could talk who those were. And they're, most of them are in the Southeast. That's right. And, right. and so that's the unfortunate thing is that um, a lot of the perceptions come from 10 or 12 schools and thinking that's how every single school operates. <laughs> right. And that's just that's just not the case. I am a firm believer in the role that, that college athletics plays in higher education in the United States. I say that obviously knowing that I'm biased, I'm an athletic director, but I still believe how it's built, the lessons that are taught, the opportunities that it provides. Uh, I tell this story all the time. We take we take a, a student athlete from from Baker, Montana, who is you know coming to the biggest city they've ever been to in For their sure. life, and they're traveling. If I'm exaggerating, but they're coming to Missoula. There's a there's two WalMarts. It's a pretty pretty good size. <laughs> totally. And we are sticking them in a room with a roommate that's coming from Los Angeles that has never seen right. a place like this. That's that's uh, got this view and 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 reserve is not a, a parking lot, right? So they don't see it that way. Totally. And we shove them together and we make teammates out of them and and uh, they have to learn how to compete and work together and be a part of a team. So I think there's some real value in that. Uh, but th- there's no doubt you c- you can't dismiss that this is a business. I mean, you cannot dismiss this kind of business side of college athletics. Well, last thing for you then, uh, what are the the uh, the uh, upcoming goals? That, I mean, how, how do you sort of hope to 
continue to make progress as you fit into this this world. I know everybody, nobody knows the right formula, right? If you had the perfect formula, you'd be able to sell it for a billion dollars. But uh, how do you sort of continue to look for the right formula? And what are the, all the uh, immediate goals for Montana Athletics? Well, I'm, I'm really... Uh excited about the leadership change for the NCAA. I think yeah. that uh, Charlie Baker, the former two-term governor of Massachusetts, very politically savvy. We have to get national help, federal help on certain areas. Mm-hmm. One of those is name, image, and likeness. We've yep. got to get some national guardrails on that. And that can some only, sort of regulation. That's only going to come from Congress. Right. And we've got to get to this spot where student-athletes are not employees. Um, that sounds harsh, but I don't think they want to be employees, right. and we don't want them to be employees. It's, it's a strange relationship. There's a, there's already that structure in place. It's called professional sports. Right. So those are two things that I think really would help us operate in a better way, where we're not just making we're not making decisions based on us not getting sued. So that's that's important. Um, and then I think what you have to do is just continue to work hard at um, making yourself attractive for whatever changes might come. We love being in the Big Sky Conference. We're rooted here. We enjoy it. We like it. The schools, we compete against great hist- history. We, we, we love all of that that's being involved. But what does it look like in three to four years? Are there three tiers within college football? Totally. Is there the big ones and then the middle ones and then kind of an FCS there? We right. want to be we want to be in that position of strength, and so that's another thing that we've got to continue to do. It's such an interesting conversation. We could carry it on for hours if we wanted to, but we're up against it. Ken Haslemar, ESPN Roundtable. He's the athletic director at Montana. Thanks, Ken. Appreciate it, man. Oh, anytime. Seriously, anytime. I love this. Noir is now ESPN Radio or ESPN Roundtable, probably presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. The Stanley Cup playoffs rolling, the NBA playoffs rolling, all sorts of other things on the docket as well. Paradise Falls has breakfast, lunch, and dinner, plus more than 20 big screen TVs, 18 draft beers, food and drink specials each and every day of the week. Go check them out on the south side of Missoula, 3621 Brook Street, Missoula's coolest hotspot. Speaking of the Stanley Cup playoffs, our guy, Mike Anderson, in studio to analyze what has gone down in the NHL over the last week or so. That's next. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Coulter Nuanas coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company on behalf of both ESPN Missoula and Skyline Sports. Here with some of our friends from Blackfoot Communications, one of our great business partners at both entities. They've done so much for us in helping us develop so many different things at Skyline Sports. Also help bring you our ESPN Radio podcast network as well. We're here with Hannah Kreiss from Blackfoot Communications. She is a business development representative. Tell people just about your history at Blackfoot. How long have you been at Blackfoot? Yeah, I've been at Blackfoot three years now. When it comes to just uh, your actual job title, what is it that you do? I mean, what is your primary things that uh, go on in your day-to-day at Blackfoot? Yeah, so I target and work with small businesses um, and just helping them get connected to internet and phone services, just smaller grade equipment and services that they might need and not all of the bigger enterprise. What's your favorite part about your job at Blackfoot? I like connecting with people and meeting new people and going out and just having those conversations and getting to know them in the community. And how about just the organization in general? I mean, it it seems like such a great company to work for. Yeah, absolutely. It's very community-based, very family-oriented inside as well, and it's definitely very enjoyable. If you want to find out more about Blackfoot Communications in general, visit goblackfoot.com. Great website, very easy to navigate. They can help you with all sorts of things from small business development to any sort of fiber, internet, communications, anything like that. Small business networking, all of it. Visit goblackfoot.com. 
on is now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. New is Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and our ESPN MT app. Time now to give you some wings and talk some hockey. It's a Winging Wednesday, presented by the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Uh, Despo there on Russell Street, the best wings in the city of Missoula. Don't ask me. It's been voted on by you, uh, the wing-consuming public, uh, years and years in a row. So if you call us right now, 406 1029 call number 3 888 We have a basket of wings for you, courtesy of uh, the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. We also have the return in studio of our main guy when it comes to talking Stanley Cup playoffs, Mike Andersees, the co-head coach of the Grizz hockey team, and also been kind enough to join us once a week here uh, as the Stanley Cup playoffs roll on. We're into the uh, second round now, and it's been a little bit funny. We were looking at all the scores. Uh, there hasn't been a ton of close games here in the second round, uh, the first round was great, but also was filled with a couple upsets. And now it seems like those upsets are maybe playing out where uh, it's sort of inequitable uh, competition. So where are we at? Why do you think there's been such uh, blowout games here in the second round? Well, good to be back. I think the biggest thing is goaltending. It's just sort of goaltending is voodoo in hockey. You don't really know what you're going to get. Yeah. I think this round for sometimes, reason. Sometimes guys just get so hot. That's yeah. ridiculous. The right? guy with New Jersey, Schmied is his name or something like that, came out of nowhere and helped them beat the Rangers, and then he's been bad since. And I think that's the biggest thing. It's not like shot totals are super, uh, you know, in a way that's despaired between the two teams. It's just goalies aren't playing very well, and it's causing quite some, quite a lot of issues. And to be blunt, not very interesting hockey. The overwhelming favorite coming into this Stanley Cup playoffs was the Boston Bruins after having the greatest regular season record ever. They got ousted in the first round, though. So is there a team that you could say is the favorite instead of the Bruins now, that they're down to eight teams? I think according to some odds makers, it was Toronto. Toronto, yeah. The but now players. Toronto's down 3 nothing, <laughs> Right. To the Florida Panthers. So <laughs> I don't know. It's I don't think – I love hockey. I love the NHL because it's the best league in the world. I think the way they do some things doesn't always produce the best team having the best chance to win the ultimate trophy. So I think we're looking into that. Like Boston was the best team this year, and right. they lose. Right. And then Tampa loses, and then there's a couple other upsets at the top of my head I can't think of. And now we don't necessarily have the best teams left. We have the hottest and luckiest teams left. And you see the NCAA basketball tournament sometimes. These Cinderella runs, by the end of it, it's like, oh, they're actually a bad basketball team. That's <laughs> <laughs> not very fun to watch. They're not very good. Right. And they get to a certain level, and it all fades out. And so I would prefer if it was set up a little bit different. But, you know, I really hope the Devils can come back. I hope Toronto makes it a series. I hope the latter half of this second round is better than the first half because it's been, it's been pretty uh, uninteresting. No, I was has been Radio Mike Anderson in studio with us talking all things Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, we are the official affiliates of the Seattle Kraken, so we'll uh, continue with that conversation. The Kraken uh, had a resounding 7-2 win over the Dallas Stars uh, earlier this week, and then they lost last night 6-3 to to Dallas, so another big goal total there for the Stars. Uh, that series saw, tied 2-2, two uh, headed into tomorrow night's pivotal game five. Uh, even though the individual games haven't been as competitive, the series itself is very competitive. Where are we at just with uh, where the Kraken stand against the Stars? Yeah, they're probably the one series that has been a little more uh, close. It's 5-4 overtime, 4-2, 7-2, 6-3. Those are pretty normal scores for hockey games. Uh, I think Seattle, uh, they need Gr- uh, Grauber, Graubner to play really well. 
as he has been, and they just, you know, they're not going to have some top guy like Robertson or Hintz or uh, Ben or Sagan like they have in Dallas to really step up. So they're just going to keep using their depth to to score goals. I, I was really hopeful they could go up 3-1. I want the Stars out so bad. <laughs> uh, is, but, that, is that because you're a Minnesota yes, guy, so you barely. just resent them for Look for into moving. why Norm Green left, <laughs> and you will also hate the Dallas Stars. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about it on air, but look into why, yeah. and you will hate the man and hate that franchise. Well, I mean, it's just like pulling basketball out of Seattle. Like it, Hockey and Minnesota are like synonymous. How can you pull the hockey team out of Minnesota? It's, it's just an asinine decision. Google it. <laughs> it was not good. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how that game plays out. We'll have the coverage of the uh, Game 5 between the Kraken and the Stars tomorrow uh, here on ESPN Radio. Tonight's games, Toronto, who was sort of the, the Vegas favorite before the second round began, fighting for their playoff lives now. They're in Florida, down 3 to nothing to the Panthers. And then the nightcap game tonight, the Vegas Knights against the uh, Edmonton Oilers, and Vegas is up 2-1 in that series as well. So I, what does the Maple Leafs need to do to hang on tonight? <laughs> Well, they need to win. I mean, absolutely. I don't know what happened in that series. I yeah. think it's a real uh, interesting experiment of mindset. Yeah. You have a team that finally breaks through the first round. 16 years, like we talked about last time I was in the studio. They finally do it. Yeah. And then instead of being loose and like everything's gravy after this, they tense up even more. And Florida is just playing with casino money. They don't care. They weren't supposed to even make the playoffs. They weren't supposed to beat Boston. <laughs> It all kind of comes down to their leadership. Matthew Kachuk, who I don't necessarily like the way he plays overall, but he's a great player, and he's got an attitude of just like just supreme confidence, and the team's buying into it. And meanwhile, Toronto Stars are uncertain and tenuous, and it's showing. I, I hope they can pull it off tonight and build some confidence because I don't want to see a sweep. I'd rather see more games, but I don't know. It's not looking good for Toronto. It's amazing how the mindset thing plays into this, especially – just with how much, as Mike explained last week, there's just such this huge element of chance. So if you can have the hot streak and the mentality and you got some of the bounces going your way, uh, all of a sudden you could be this team that goes on an epic run even though you weren't expected to by anybody. Uh, how about the uh, the nightcap tonight then, the Vegas Knights and uh, the Edmonton Oilers? I stand strong that I think that Connor McDavid staying in the playoffs is the best thing for oh, the yeah. NHL, uh, both because he's so fun to watch, so that galvanizes both your uh, passionate fans and your casual fans. And also, I just think that they need the star power to, to continue to compete with the NBA as the playoffs go right now. So um, what do the, uh, what do the uh, Oilers need to do to keep it rolling? Well, they need their power play to get back on track, and they need uh, Leon Dreisel and McDavid to really keep doing what they've been doing. Uh, I think that series is 2-1 to one right now. It's not an area of huge concern. Nope, and, the, and Game 4 is in Edmonton tonight, yeah. too. So I think, like, I think they'll tie it up tonight. What's interesting is 2015 draft was McDavid was the clear person. And then there was Jack Eichel, yeah. who was the American, best American in years, won the whole as a true yeah. freshman. Yeah. And did not hockey people, that does not happen. <laughs> right. To be 18 years old in a league that's predominantly 23 to 28-year-old, 26-year-olds. Right. Like, he was that good. And now we're facing off in the playoffs, and the NHL is like doing nothing about it. All we, <laughs> all we heard for like 10 years, which was good, was... Crosby, Ovechkin, Crosby, Ovechkin. Right. It helped boost interest. And, For sure. 100%. And now we have the number one and number two pick, one Canadian, one American, on a Canadian team and an American team, and there's not a peep from the NHL about, like, hey, this is a great matchup. They're two very different players. Eichel's silky smooth, kind of slower, but thoughtful, and McDavid just flies around the ice. You could do a lot with that. So I, sure. this is the series, if you're like, what series should I watch? This is the one. 
two very talented teams, and Leon Dreisaitl is scoring like no one's ever scored in the playoffs before for Edmonton. It's crazy. This is my biggest point of contention with both uh, the NHL and the MLB. They got to just promote their guys better, man. Like, there's a whole contingent of people that hardly even watch basketball that still follow the NBA because there's so much drama. You're like, looking at one. Like, you know you you know about, like, Kyrie Irving's drama. And I listen to the JJ Reddick's podcast. <laughs> That's right, yeah, like, yeah. Because it's interesting. Because there's so much drama yeah. with the stars, and uh, I just wish that they would do a better job of building And up. the coverage is better. Like, it's more detailed if you want to find it. Like, right. Right, totally. They're they're getting into the stats, the all the information that's out there. NHL kind of shoves that to the side, and it's like, no, there's a lot of cool stuff to talk about, a lot of good players to talk about. There's just not, there's not a behemoth behind it. It seems NBA seems yeah. to have understood the new new digital age better than NHL has so far. Well, we do this once a week. Mike Anderson, co-head coach of the Grizz hockey team and our go-to guy when it comes to analyzing the Stanley Cup playoffs. He'll be back next Wednesday. And it's sort of crazy just how much can happen in just the span of the week. But uh, we'll <laughs> probably have pretty close to, if not a, uh, a final four by the time you're here uh, again. So it's already flying by. Yeah, I mean, it could be in the next two days we have <laughs> right. the Eastern Conference done. Yeah. So I'd, it's, it's going to be crazy. Uh, I hope they all extend longer. That just makes for better viewing, but like game sixes and sevens are just a little more intense than three, four, For fives. Sure. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I think Seattle has a really good chance to get past Dallas, but I think the winner of the, the Knights Oilers series is going to be who represents the West. I don't think Dallas or Seattle has enough in their lineup to really make it to the Stanley Cup Finals, but you never know. I could be, I've been wrong all playoffs. <laughs> it is the most unpredictable of the professional sports. Thanks for breaking it down with us, man. Always, yeah. It's fun. Nuana's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Get you set up for Thursday next. Keep it right here. I am here with Catherine DeLands of The Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, the advocates can surely help you. Yeah, I mean, the sooner you call us, the better. You know, we're available 24-7, consultations are free, and when you've been in that accident, insurance companies are going to be jumping all over you to talk. So give us a call first and get yourself an attorney. 406-640-4444 or online, montanaadvocates.com. Free consultations, the Montana Advocates reminding you that you deserve an advocate. ESPN Radio. It's very rare that I would actually play a, a song that is a cover of a Bruce Springsteen song because I just think that the boss is one of the goats. But that one popped up today. I thought it was a good one. Welcome back. New is now ESPN Radio. Uh, SWX Montana Television and the ESPN Empty app. Missed anything uh, in today's show. You can always find it on the New is Now podcast, which is probably presented by Blackfoot Communications, visit goblackfoot.com to see how Blackfoot can help you and your small business. The One Is Now podcast also presented by the M Store, where they are all grizz all the time. They also have a new Apple Store within the M Store there uh, in the heart of downtown Missoula, the corner of Broadway and Higgins. And uh, the New One Is Now podcast also presented by the Montana State Bookstore. Visit msubookstore.org. And right on the front page, there's a little ticker that will just show you all of the various specials that they got going on now. And there's some promo codes you can use, whether you're alumni or a graduate student or you're about to graduate or you need a Mother's Day present, whatever it might be, go to msubookstore.org to check them out as well. Thanks to Blackfoot Communications, the M Store, and the MSU Bookstore for their continued support of the One Is Now podcast. Got another uh, fun show coming up for you tomorrow. Uh, we had a little 
trouble connecting last week, but we will continue our Big Sky Spotlight highlighting some of the football coaches from around the Big Sky Conference. Ed Lamb will join us tomorrow. Now, we ever did him last week, but we, we'll get him this week, I promise you. We're also going to hear from Duncan Hamilton, recent recipient of the Little Sullivan Award, the top male amateur athlete in the state of Montana, courtesy of the Montana AAU. And uh, Carol, let's check out those little sports. Will join us as well. And we have the debut of a new segment, Diamond Time, where we're going to talk all things baseball. Major League Baseball, American Legion, high school baseball, Missoula Paddleheads baseball. Be a lot of fun. Uh, by the time the paddlehead season rolls, uh, this will be sort of a uh, this will be a really fun deal because we'll be able to have some excerpts from a uh, a new paddleheads podcast that Jeff Safford will be putting together. And more often than not, on Thursdays, Jeff will chime in on Diamond Time live from his perch at uh, the Paddlehead Stadium. So that'll be fun too. And maybe even I'll be down there doing some remote stuff uh, throughout this summer as well. So we're excited to have Paddleheads Baseball back. We will be covering uh, all the games. You'll have every game home and away live here on ESPN Radio uh, each and every evening uh, throughout the summer. And uh, excited to have Jeff uh, back on the call as well. So jam-packed show tomorrow. Uh, should be very fun. Uh, what are we, do we got anything coming up on the station tonight? I know we got the, uh, the Kraken coming back tomorrow. Anything, anything we got on the schedule tonight? Lakers, Warriors, baby. Hey, Potential let's go. Closeout game. Uh, man, uh, if the Lakers were to actually slam the door and close this thing out, wow, what, what a seismic shift that would be uh, for the Warriors. I think Golden State will edge this one out, and then the Lakers will go take care of business at home in Game 6. But if, they were to, if the Lakers were to win in Oakland in Game 5, Goodness. We'll let you know what goes down. Uh, when we get back tomorrow, we have a whole bunch of guests to have some fun with as well. We'll see you then. Thanks so much for tuning in. This has been Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. What's up, everybody? It's Coulter Nuanas from your favorite daily sports talk show, Nuanas Now, which airs live each weekday between 4 and 6 p.m. on 102.9 ESPN Missoula as well as statewide television, SWX Montana TV, and worldwide on the ESPN MT app. And of course, as you're listening right now, you can always find Nuanas Now archived as well on the Nuanas Now podcast. One of the biggest events on campus every single year at Montana State is the MSU Spring Rodeo. Get rodeo ready with the MSU Bookstore all month long. MSU Rodeo tees and equine accessories will be available starting on April 10th. All month long, you can get three t-shirts for $25, two crewnecks for $50, or two hoodies for $55. Go check out all the great rodeo gear at the Montana State Bookstore on the MSU campus. The Montana State Bookstore also does a great job of giving back some of their proceeds to help reduce textbook costs for students across the MSU community. And of course, it's your go-to place to get your blue and gold on game day or any other day. Montana State's rodeo team, as prestigious and nationally powerful as they come. So if you're planning on heading to the spring rodeo, swing by the MSU bookstore first. When you're in need of some Bobcat gear, Go check out the Montana State Bookstore located in the Strand Union Building on the Montana State campus in Bozeman, Montana.